Last Friday night, I attended a grand and marvelous event. I don't go to a lot of parties, but this was more than a party. I was privileged to be invited by Sherry and Clay Walker to sit at Henry and Laurie's table at the annual Volunteers for Youth Justice Awards dinner. Clay Walker was honored, along with several other volunteers, for his countless hours of pro bono work for children to ensure that they are not abused by the court system or anybody else, and for his advocacy for children in many venues in and around Shreveport. I learned a lot about this generous organization and their volunteers who tutor children at the YWCA's Domestic Violence Center, sponsor a Think First trauma prevention program, who promote personal safety and firearm safety, and provide health care for needy children. I'm very proud of Clay. And all... Isn't it wonderful to see a grown man blush? I'm very proud of Clay and all of our members who volunteer here in Shreveport to assist both children and adults, help them to get through crises and difficult times in their lives. Each of us in our own way thinks about how we can contribute to our community and to those who are less fortunate. We all can remember a time when we needed a leg up or a helping hand to make it through a tough tough transition or a life crisis. Perhaps the death of a loved one or a divorce, the illness or maybe even the loss of a beloved child. If you are currently out of the volunteering loop and are interested in helping out a child or an adult or even a group, please get in touch with Clay or Ron Babers-Hager, both of whom are stalwarts in our social justice team. Or talk with Ron Thurston about getting involved in the All Souls Caring Connection. I hope that you will show your love and compassion. Everybody can do something. The problem is that there are so many needs, it can be difficult to make a choice. Don't worry about that too much. Just do it. Now, the title of the message today is What's Going On? And I'm going to veer away from the subtitle, which was intended to be a discussion of our congregation in the UUA, to a topic that grabbed me by the hair of my head. It's what's going on and whatever happened to integrity. We are all vulnerable to temptation of many kinds, even when we know better. And sometimes it's possible for the best of us, the finest of us, to get caught up in a little white lie or actions that we may live to regret. Now, I make a lot of mistakes, and I survive them by the old Baptist and Catholic methods of fessing up. And then I try to learn something from it and move it on and not, you know, stay there. But confession can be difficult sometimes. I just read that a dean at MIT, 
an extraordinarily capable and admired woman who had risen up from the ranks to a very high position, had co-authored a book, a woman who had been a leader in all her efforts to help would-be students and universities make sense out of the college admission process. Apparently, she did not have a degree. But she claimed to have three degrees when she applied to work in the admissions office way back in the 1970s. Have any of us not been tempted to embellish our resumes? She was intelligent. Well, some of us don't need to. She was, I'm not talking about me. <laughs> she was intelligent and personable, and she continued to get promoted. She never stepped up and admitted to her falsification. Now she's had to resign, and I'm sure that her life must be a flame in hell of shame and remorse. No punishment she might have faced had she told the truth somewhere along the line is as bad as the punishment she's enduring now. How would you like to have your best-kept guilty secret splattered all over the New York Times and the Boston Globe so that even people in Shreveport could read about a long-ago lie that you told? I feel sorry for her, but words do have consequences, and actions do too. The name-calling and viciousness that has gone on between Rosie O'Donnell, who's some kind of a TV celebrity, and a war of words with Donald Trump is too much to bear. Think of how that reportage must affect children who watch it. Those people really talk ugly. Children who admire Donald Trump, possibly because he's wealthy and has his own survival show. Whatever happened to human decency, and why does human indecency get so much TV time? Is there no limit? Apparently not. The head of USAID, the United States' major agency for delivering technical assistance and training to underdeveloped nations, has resigned because he used the services of Washington, D.C.'s best-known, high-class, read expensive, escort service, read call girl service, or, as the proprietress herself describes it, a high-end adult fantasy firm which offered legal, sexual, and erotic services across the spectrum of adult sexual behavior. I'm just letting your imaginations fly here for a minute. This will not be interactive. Mr. Randall Tobias is a former chairman and chief executive of Eli Lilly and Company and of AT&T International. He served as chairman of the board of Duke University, a holy institution as we know, from 1997 to 2000. He was also a major donor to various Republican campaigns, according to the New York Times. Now, who says that the New York Times is a dull paper? Mr. DePass is married, and I really don't know whether his family was with him in Washington or not, whatever. But in addition to dishonoring himself and his family and his position as a top-level government employee, he's ruined his life. Now, I'm going to be real frank and candid here. 
Human beings are sexual animals. We all have sexual feelings and urges. In our society, there are appropriate and inappropriate ways to express that. And cheating on your partner is definitely inappropriate. It's hurtful. We're not angels. Even Jimmy Carter confessed to having lust in his heart from time to time. Sometimes those feelings and perceptions get out of control, and we are drawn or maybe even driven to inappropriate behaviors that may hurt someone we love, ourselves, and possibly ruin lives. What's important here is to recognize and acknowledge those feelings, especially when they become problematic, and to get help. Some years ago, the president of the American University in Washington was discovered to have made sexual phone calls to children, hundreds of them. He became entrapped in his own fantasy world. And that can happen. Unfortunately, he did not seek professional help, even though that he knew that what he was doing was inappropriate. Many people who engage in child pornography and pedophilia have an extremely difficult time restraining themselves, and the recidivism rate among pedophiles is very, very high. I pray that we never encounter that here. Usually they are in a state of denial, They stay away for a while, and then they go right back. People in high places, though, and this is the point, folks, people in high places mirror the population at large in many ways. They may be in high places, but they are us. I acknowledge that many people have inappropriate feelings, and I beg each of you to please get help if you find yourself even possibly heading down the bad road. People who know better, who are religious, who attend church, are not safe from such possibilities. Walter Jenkins, who was the longtime administrative assistant to Lyndon Johnson, was discovered luring another man in a restroom in Washington, D.C. many years ago. It was heartbreaking. Walter had a wife and six children was a devout Catholic and attended Mass faithfully with them. One life ruined and several others badly wounded. Walter was one of the kindest men I've ever known. Both my brother and I spoke up for him to the FBI after his devastating experience. We loved him, respected him, and appreciated him. Thank goodness that it is now possible for people with same-sex orientations to come out of the closet and to live together openly. And thank goodness that in many places, partners can live together without fear. But as we all know, there are still many legal and social constraints in many places. We still have a long way to go to achieve fairness under the law. Now, I understand why Walter didn't seek professional help. He was terrified. It was fear of exposure. But how painful for everyone. Now, I'm sure you all can tell more stories than I can about events and troubles like this. My point here is simply to remind everyone that humans are complex creatures. And at different times in our lives, we can experience feelings that may hurt ourselves or others if we put them to action.
So I hope each of you will remember that help is readily available should you ever feel that you are in danger of doing something that you might later regret. Back to integrity and whatever happened to it. I believe that it's important to honor our sexuality and our sexual orientation, whatever it is, and to live openly and honestly with ourselves. I am so glad that we offer a sexuality program for our teenagers and have so many parents and professionals who participate in teaching it. I don't know if there's an interest at All Souls in an Our Whole Lives program for adults, but it probably would be possible to offer it next year if enough folks are interested. Integrity. There's another swirl of publicity, another swirl of publicity, another swirl of publicity around the decision to invade Iraq. Former CIA chief George Tenet has just published his own book to set the record straight and to try to get out from under accusations that his slam dunk comment was the decisive point in the president's choice to invade Iraq. Now, over its long history, the CIA has had to struggle many times to maintain its independent independence of various presidents and to report what they learn or what they think to be accurate rather than what presidents want them to report. This is not the first time. They have not always been successful in sticking to whatever facts they believe to be accurate. Power corrupts just like money and greed can corrupt people. Half of Washington seems to be ducking for cover. If it weren't so awful, it would be funny. Attorney General Gonzalez made a pathetic attempt, and I saw the whole thing, a pathetic attempt to explain his actions and lack of actions in the firing process of the U.S. attorneys who were apparently not cooperating with the preferred political agenda as they made their decisions about whom to prosecute. Now, it's very difficult for those of us who don't have access to information on a timely basis, it's very difficult for us to know how to make sense of all these things. We don't know what to believe we read so much and we hear so much. But one thing is certainly clear. There are rotten fish all over our nation's capital, rubbing elbows with honest, decent public servants, many of whom survive administrations regardless of which party is in power. It's tempting to assume that they are all scoundrels, and yet that is as unfair as it is naive to assume that all are honest and incorruptible. It can be frustrating to put it mildly. The costs of running for public office have reached such enormous heights that congressmen and senators have to raise thousands every week to pay for campaign expenses. With each significant monetary gift comes an implicit obligation. Those who serve without such support don't stay long if they get there, unless they're very, very wealthy, like Senator Rockefeller, Governor Corzine of New Jersey, Senator Frist, one of the Kennedys, or Senator Edwards, and there are some others, I'm sure. Last time I was very close to the Senate was in 1988. Oh, that's a long time. But I was visiting with a senatorial aide, and I said, what's it like to work here these days, and what do you all do all day? He replied, oh, Lynn, we just cut deals all day long, day in and day out. We just cut deals. 
And so out of that deal meal comes the sausage of laws that we live by. It could be worse. But it's not easy to stay clean and honest in that atmosphere. And those in power sometimes miss opportunities to make a difference for good. Uh, What I'm going to say now, I mean in the most respectful way, but uh, anyway, I just want you to know that I mean this respectfully. A man I used to know died this week. His name was Jack Valenti. He married one of my good friends from my days when I worked for Lena Johnson. For many years, he was president of the Motion Picture Association of America. One of the saddest things about the life of this extraordinary, creative, and high-achieving man is that he chose not to use his power as head of the Motion Picture Association of America to minimize violence in the films our children see in cinema houses and on television at home. True, he put in a rating system, and it was a start. But since the mid-70s, there has been ever-increasing research that there is a strong association between the amount of violence children see on the screen and the amount of violence they enact later in life. Now, protecting the First Amendment and freedom of speech is crucial. And he got paid a million dollars a year to do that for the pictures. But overdoses of murder, stabbings, and strangling and other forms of solving conflicts with violence only teach our children to solve problems with violence. Just like spanking does, if you ask me. I don't know, I I didn't know Jack Valenti well enough to ask him, and in a cowardly way, I didn't want to lose my friendship with his wife. Because she's a lovely person. So I never said or wrote to him about my feelings on this. My sense of integrity and duty tells me I should have figured out some way. But I didn't. I wish I could have figured out a way that it would have felt right for me, considering my friendship with Mary Margaret. I wish that I would talked to a counselor about it. I should have thought about it enough. And, you know, when you're trying to figure out a way and you're stuck and you're pulled this way and that way, for a long time, for Pete's sake, that's the time to get professional help. Somebody else might be able to help you solve this. I'm reminded, though, that it's important to use whatever influence and persuasiveness we may have to advance good health and good living. So I want to put in a big plug for the mental health profession. The counselors and psychologists and psychiatrists and social workers who are trained to help people to come to terms with their inner conflicts and their feelings that might push them to inappropriate behaviors. Even ministers can help sometimes by listening and making referrals. True integrity comes from seeking help when we are stuck. Admitting that we are in a struggle and don't know what to do. We can help others a lot. A lot more and a lot better when we have stood up and faced up to our own issues. So I hope we can all get our acts together, with or without help, 
and go about our real business of making the world a better place. Loving children, loving each other, conserving the earth, and conserving some time each day to reach out and lay a hand on someone who's suffering, to bring a smile to someone's face, to share some of what we have with folks who have very little, to read stories to children and play games with them, to call a friend, to contact someone dear, tell that person that he or she fills an important place in our hearts. You know, my, my son, Robert, you know, he can never come here because I tell all these bad stories about him. <laughs> Poor thing. But I'm really irritated at him right now. Robert's 45 dadgum years old, okay? His birthday and his wife's birthday were March 28th, and I sent them each $50 for their birthday. And would you believe neither one of them has written me or called me about it? I am so angry. Is that anger justified? I think so. I'm waiting him out. You know. And this sounds like a small thing, but damn it, you know, it can just get to you. Ungrateful so-and-sos. Sometimes I forget this is being taped. (laughs) Anyway, it's important for us to review the UU principles of respect and the search for truth. To be fair and work for justice and seek justice for everyone. To live each day constructively and productively and compassionately. One of the things I love most about our Unitarian Universalist faith is that we try to live decently for the sake of living decently, not out of fear of going to hell, or in hopes of a promise of eternal life in heaven. Okay? That isn't why you should be a good person. You should be a good person because you want to be a good person. What was that? Friday night at the dinner I told you about, several people spoke about Ashley Sutton, who seems to love children with her every breath, and who uses her time to volunteer at the children's hospital, and she uses her family resources to support it. And whether it's children, or the homeless, or the hungry, let your heart guide you. Somebody out there is just waiting for a word from you. A smile from you. A hug from you. And if nobody comes straight to mind, you check out with Clay or Ron or me, and we'll point you towards some folks who are waiting for you to share your love. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.